Hello and welcome to a championship weekend edition of the End Zone Podcast. My name is Eric Jensen, joined today by good friends Bradford Sonnenberg and Mason from Buffalo. Per usual, boys, I appreciate you sitting with me earlier in the evening tonight. Got some hockey to watch later tonight. Very excited for that. I'm starting to get locked into the NHL and NBA seasons as NFL winds down. But here we are, championship weekend, Bengals, Chiefs, and on the other side of things, Eagles, San Francisco, 49ers, big games, big weekend, close. How are we feeling going into championship weekend, Mason? Oh, you know, sad. But yeah, true. I think I think I think it's going to be a, a really good weekend of football. We got, you know, the four current best teams in the NFL actually made it. No one got bounced on accident, and the Jaguars didn't accidentally squeak through because Patrick Mahomes is on one leg. And you know, it, it's it's genuinely going to be some powerhouse teams playing some really good football this weekend. Pretty excited about it. Yeah, powerhouse teams, good football should be exciting bradford how are you doing i'm doing very well yeah i i i'm a little sad part of me all year had been expecting this episode to come with with mason and i at odds but now in victory i stand alone and mason just sits oh no we're me. still at odds i i'm really hoping for you to lose <laughs> okay that makes me feel a little better but no i've been expecting bills bills chiefs for so long and and yet you, you failed to fulfill your part of the dance. So I am sad yeah, about yeah. that. But I'm I'm excited. I'm very much looking forward to this. This it's not it's not every year that you get to experience your team hosting the AFC championship. So I'm 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 looking very forward to that. I just <laughs> the arrogance. It's unreal. Um Okay, okay. This is all fun and good. You know, we've done a lot of talk about the Chiefs and the Bills and the Bengals, but I'm actually throwing a wrench in this. I want to talk about the NFC first because we just simply did not give enough love to the NFC side of the football this weekend. AFC, maybe this time we go a little lighter on AFC, although that seems hard to do with a Chiefs fan in the building. But we got to talk about Niners-Eagles because I feel like this game has been criminally undercovered by the national media. The whole story is, how's Patrick Mahomes going to play? What's Joe Burrow going to do? This game has been underhyped and underpromoted, really. And I I just want to give it a second because these are the two best teams in the NFC. This is the best roster in the NFL, in the Philadelphia Eagles. And it is probably the second or third best roster in the NFL with the San Francisco 49ers offensive weapons all over the place, defensive studs all over the place. Whereas in the AFC, you can pick little weaknesses, little points, chinks in the armor in the chiefs and the Bengals. I see no weaknesses between the Eagles and the 49ers. You could have said Brock Purdy was a weakness, But I think he's played well enough at this point, but you can no longer term him that. There is a lot going on in this game. Mason, I hope you have our picks up uh, because we will be going through those. 
uh, and making those as well. We can maybe talk some headlines if you guys think you have any. But we will start this way before we get into the NFC Championship talk. Mason, I just want you to read us our picks from last week, and let's just see see where we all stand going into Championship Weekend. So, uh, I went with my heart a little too hard and uh, absolutely tanked my ability to to uh, make any waves in uh, being in the lead in any of this. Uh, and I went two and two last week, uh, losing on the Bills and the Giants picks there. Surprise, surprise. And uh, Chiefs Niners, though, picked those ones. Those were good. But uh, Eric, you and Bradford both went four and zero in your picks. So, oh wow, yeah, no, good, 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 good picking last week. So you, you and uh, Bradford currently are tied at uh, eight and two, and yeah. uh, I'm sitting back at the good old six and four, pretty much out of the mix at this point. All right, we'll see how things go down the stretch here. Bradford, talk to me about your thoughts just about these two NFC teams because we didn't really touch on it as much Tuesday. Specifically, let's start with the 49ers. Your thoughts on the 49ers heading into this pivotal weekend in January? I I really like the 49ers. I, I've, I've always kind of had a soft spot for them. My uncle's a big fan, and so I've always kind of paid a little more attention to them on the side than I would some of the other NFC teams. And the thing that I've noticed – they may not have a star quarterback or the consistency there, but they have a machine. And that machine is Kyle Shanahan. This is his love child. This is his this is his beautiful magnum opus. He's been working towards this for so long. And it feels like no matter what, every year they just assemble this beautiful contraption of yak monsters and these total just offensive uh, uh weapons. And I, I think that the Niners system is is one of the most quarterback friendly in the league, which is how a Brock Purdy can come in and thrive the way that he has. And this is the best roster that I think Shanahan has had so far. And I mean, this is this is guy. I mean, they've made three of the past four NFC Championship games, and usually with very subpar quarterback play, at least average. And it's like the weapons are even better than usual. I mean, that you add Christian McCaffrey to to this, the defense is absolutely elite. And I, I'm not even talking about that. Like. The ways in which Kyle Shanahan can flay you and eat you alive, the varieties, it's, it's magical. Like some of the stuff that he cooks up. I mean, these guys are so open. And it's like, if you hit them open, there's there's no reason why a Debo Samuel or a Christian McCaffrey can't take it to the house. They do it every week. It's like, I with, 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 the, with the Niners, I think your only hope of beating them at this point is out taking them out in a shootout and just hope their defense crumbles, which it, it hasn't really done much this year. Like what just, just a brilliant constructed roster. And it allows them uh, the, the quarterback kind of uh, inefficiency that they've had over the past little while. It gives them the space to have all these other pieces as well at the same time. So there is a benefit to it. They're not paying 50 mil for a quarterback. And so they're able to have like all these guys coming back and it's like, man, this the Eagles are an incredible roster, but something about this Niners team, they just feel unstoppable right now. 
Yeah, I, I like the Niners' defense so much. Nick Bosa has had an unreal year. I, you know, I I don't exactly know who my pick for defensive player of the year would be, but he'd certainly be a finalist. He's had an unreal year for them as a pass rusher. You know, Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner are absolute machines at middle linebacker. You've got a lot of talent in the secondary that gets coached up really well by D'Amico Ryans, who has just done a fantastic job of putting this squad together this year. I like your point. Yeah, I, I, they, they are just kind of a machine. They're not necessarily different so much from year to year. They're always kind of the same. They've got a great defense. They are putting it together at quarterback, and they've got a bunch of young and explosive offensive weapons that really play the game of football extremely well. Uh, I'll give some love to George Kittle. I think he had an absolutely amazing divisional round. He's one of these guys, but just because Kyle Shanahan uses him as a blocker so much, gets kind of forgotten in the best tight ends out there conversation. But to me, George Kittle is is up there with Travis Kelsey as some of the best tight ends in the league. And he, he has the same athletic and catching and offensive ability as Travis Kelsey. I, I truly believe that. It just doesn't get showcased as much because of how Kyle Shanahan uses him. So uh, I think George Kittle is, again, a, a huge X factor in these big games because Kyle Shanahan kind of hides him throughout the regular season and uses him as a run blocker. But I do think he does get more involved in these bigger games in the playoffs. Absolutely. I think um, one of the commentators made a really good point during the 49ers last game, too. And it's like you have to be so perfect against them all the time or they are just going to devastate you over the course of the game. Because like Bradford said, they're so good at scheming dudes open. It's just out of nowhere. It's like unbelievable that you would see Christian McCaffrey with no person within five yards of him, but somehow they managed to make that happen when he's downfield. It's like this guy is one of the most explosive weapons on any football field, and you can't tell me that they're not trying to put a guy right in his back pocket, and they just can't seem to ever make that happen against whatever Kyle Shanahan voodoo he does to offenses. It's some of the most just incredible play calling you see. It's I, I like to liken it to watching, you know, like Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and Josh Allen play. You you watch that quarterback play when you're one of the teams who doesn't have that. And you're just like, God, why can't we ever look like that? That is just like what we all crave. And it's what you have when you don't have the greatest run offense. When you look at Kyle Shanahan and what he does, it's like, why can't we have one dude be five yards open, 20 yards down the field? Like, how does that happen? Yeah. It's crazy what Shanahan's able to do. The other side, you have the Eagles, who are just insane. And and I think there's a case to be made for the Bengals as the best roster left. There is a real case for that. They have so many offensive weapons, as well as a pretty dominant defensive front. But what they don't have is the secondary that the Philadelphia Eagles have between James Bradbury, James Bradbury and CJ Gardner Johnson and all these guys that the 
they basically got for free from teams like the Saints and the Giants that they have turned into absolute studs defensively. Oh, and not to mention they have one of the deepest and best defensive lines in the league. I think a really interesting matchup in this game is that Eagles defensive front against the 49ers offensive line because you're sub. The Kyle Shanahan system running game-wise is supposed to be able to scheme against what the Eagles have athletically because supposedly the zone blocking scheme kind of allows you to team block these superior defensive athletes. And it'll be really interesting to see if they can keep this up against what is the best defensive line remaining in the playoffs. So I, I think... That, to me, is a real swing point matchup in this game. If the Eagles are able to have some success against the running game and have a solid pass rush as well, I think the Niners are kind of in some trouble, and I think the Eagles have a really good group. I wonder if they can overcome Kyle Shanahan's scheme. I don't know, though, because we've just seen Kyle Shanahan beat down these really great players over and over and over again. We have, I think, one person I haven't heard you mention, though, I might make a difference, too, is Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I haven't quite gotten to offense yet, but, yeah. I, Fair I, enough. I, 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 I do think that, you know, of course, yeah, there's no other way He could get to have one of those magical games where he puts them all. He's done it enough this year. I wouldn't count him out. Do it again. Yeah, no, I think that's totally – Incompletely fair. Um, ooh, as Jason Tatum almost throws down a thunderous dunk. Um, Jalen Hurts, great player, great quarterback, but up to this point, has he seen a defense like this? I mean, you can make the argument that the Eagles had a very weak schedule this year, one of the weakest in the NFL. And in the playoffs, they just saw the New York Giants. I don't know, outside of maybe one or two times this year, if Jalen Hurts has seen a defense as good as the San Francisco 49ers defense. I'm really interested to see how he responds to it. I I think they're going to do, I think they have two of the best middle linebackers in the game. And I think Fred Warner could easily be put in a spy situation and be able to contain uh, Hurts. I I, I think that's an interesting matchup to keep an eye on. I think Jalen Hurts is very good, but I I do think that's something to just keep a little tickler file on. Would you agree with that, Bradford? I just feel like he's seen a lot this year, but I don't know if the Eagles have played a defense the caliber of this Niners team. I think the I think you're tr- you're correct, but also I I would counter as how how many teams have the Niners played with an offense comparable to the Eagles team, right? Like obviously there's the Chiefs game where the Chiefs kind of got, them, but that was kind of off day for the Niners defense. But like I don't know when you got when you got like <laughs> AJ Brown and 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 uh, uh, why am I, I don't know why I'm Devonte Smith Devonte Smith I'm I'm I've had a long day. When you have those guys, I mean, there's only so much a defense can do, you know? Like, 
insane offensive line. Like, I, my point of concern for the Eagles' offense is not Jalen Hurts. I'll, I will, I will at least say that. I fully expect him to show up and put up a great performance, as he has basically all year, just great performance after great performance. And as as much as you can make the argument that Jalen Hurts is kind of a system quarterback, he is the system. That's the thing. Like, it's a system quarterback, but he's the system that that it all works through, right? And it's clear the Eagles do not look the same without him. And I don't know why I would assume that a great Niners Niners defense will negate how great that Eagles offense is. Because the thing that I've found over the years of watching football, and it's, it's gotten this has gotten more intense over time, good offense beats good defense, right? And I think I think this is a high scoring game, personally. That's interesting. I, I I feel almost the opposite um, just because everything points toward high scoring. So I think both these teams are going to have their best defensive game plans put in place and kind of sell out entirely defensively. Um, but th- this does bring up a good point. Nick Sirianni, like the really smart football people, like I know some of the stuff he says is a little out there but like chris sims if you just listen to him for like purely schematical x's and o's analysis i believe is one of the best analysts in the game he believes that this eagles offense is the best in the league and you can you can understand why because with the rpo action they run okay fine you sell it to stop the pass they can run read options and hurt you with jalen hurts legs or jet sweeps with A.J. Brown and their two really tremendous running backs, or say you sell out to to stop a run. Well, Jalen Hurts has shown this year he has an ability to throw very well against the Blitz and make plays outside of schedule and have tremendous arm talent. This is one of those games where if Nick Sirianni does somehow win this i think we we have to start kind of talking about him in that shanahan-esque realm as one of the best kind of schemers in the nfl because you know they did a really great job last year when they were limited to being kind of a run first attack of winning the in that way but now he just has so many different ways to beat you and i think it's it's been extremely interesting how the eagles have been coached this year to me uh, there's been a lot of talk about a bunch of guys like Dayball, everything like that. I do think there is a very strong case for Nick Sirianni to be the coach of the year. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's necessarily fair to hold, you know, what he says against him. Um, he's from my hometown, and uh, we, we aren't taught very good there. So, uh, you know, but some of us get good at doing things, and I think that's the important thing is he's getting good at doing things, maybe not talking about it. But he's good at doing it. So don't hold his words against him. Just look at his actions. Take those. Because uh, otherwise, yeah, no, I think there's a really good reason to think he might be coach of the year. I mean, I remember when he got hired, everyone's like, who the hell is this guy? And why would you possibly give him a head coaching job? And he came out talking about how he likes dogs and how, uh, you know, that dog mentality. And you're just like, this guy is an absolute goof. And he's making it work. He's clearly got some talent at something over there. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's been fun to watch the Eagles this year, and it's been fun to watch Sirianni coach. 
Okay. We've done a lot of talk. Let's make some picks. Both of these games I found were extremely hard to pick. Uh, I want to hear, I want to go last here and then I, I can kind of take the lead on the AFC. But um, yeah, tell me what you guys are thinking prediction wise and score wise here. Bradford. Bradford. So, okay. Oh, oh, okay. oh that Thanks. was you got, you counterintuitive. Sure that was really terrible by guessing by me. <laughs> I'm going to pick the Niners. I've been riding them all year to the Super Bowl. But it's going to be it's going to be tight. I'm going to take the Niners in uh, a 28-27 classic. Okay. Well, uh, I too have been riding the Niners pretty hard, and I've been loving the Brock Purdy experience. And so I'm, I'm also gonna say the 49ers are gonna take a pair of business a little bit higher at uh, 32-27, but still very close game. Last score does it. Tough. I've been thinking a lot about rules this week, and what rules I have when it comes to picking games. And often when it's just too close roster-wise, I just go best quarterback. Uh, I like the Niners. I I like the Niners a lot. You know, I think if they got to the Super Bowl, it would be great. But also, I do think Kyle Shanahan is held back by not having an elite quarterback. And Jalen Hurts is an elite quarterback right now. And I think the Eagles are an elite team right now. And, you know, to kind of start the year, I I believe I have the Eagles in the Super Bowl out of the NFC. I'm going to stick with that. I think the Eagles win this one by a score of 31 to 28. That's tight. That's okay. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. I certainly don't see a blowout either way. That, that, That would surprise me. Agreed. Both teams are, I think, too consistent to allow the other one to get too far ahead of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, that brings us to uh, the main event. Boy, AFC Championship. Um, I'm just going to kind of soliloquy here for a little while, and then I'll let Bradford go, and then we, we can give our picks here. And hopefully uh, this can be kind of quick uh quick brief quick take alert have quick takes ready we'll take a brief pause here to say frank reich did get hired as the carolina panthers head coach thoughts on that hiring in 30 seconds or less bradford you go first uh personally i thought they should have gone with wilkes since it's how it worked but i don't mind that hiring at all i think when frank reich has had a borderline playable roster uh the Colts have looked really good. His last year there was pretty miserable, but I kind of, I kind of dig it. I, I feel like Frank Reich just kind of makes sense there, you know, sort of a, sort of a safe pick, I guess I would call it. But uh, I think, I think I can see like a, a Frank Reich, uh, I don't know, Derek Carr Panthers experiment that ends in a, in a nine win division win, you know, Mason, Um, you know, football side of it. I think Frank Reich was a pretty competent coach. I definitely don't hate the decision. Uh, slightly 
non-football side of it, the fact that they did not decide to hire Steve Wilkes, who had done a pretty admirable job for them towards the end of the season, and took Frank Reich is not a great look for the league as an overall. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Kind of kind of follows a trend. Um, yeah, one that they seem to, seem to keep saying doesn't exist. And yet, right. The yeah. evidence says otherwise. Yeah, it's, uh, that 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 part of it's unfortunate. Uh, I think this is interesting. Frank Reich is for really the the first time in his entire career potentially going to have a chance to develop a young quarterback, which we we haven't seen him do as a head coach before. Uh, it feels like the Panthers are probably going quarterback in the draft, either that or. Frank Reich will have the esteemed, you know, chance to work with the great Derek Carr. Um, it is the way I I see it kind of going for the Panthers this offseason. I think it'll be interesting to see where it goes, but uh, I could definitely within the next one or two years, especially if they draft the right quarterback, which is a big if and a big, you know, you have to hope for it. But the division's weak. The division is extremely weak, and they could certainly win it within the next one to three years. So uh, I think overall the hire was good. All right. Before we move on, can we just have a quick round of applause for the Jets taking a futures bet in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes? Yeah, I mean, good for them. I, I That one made uh, like – Daniel Hackett gets to go ruin another team. Little to no sense to me. I tweeted out, yeah, good luck with that. Uh, I mean, I'm if, glad you've also now had a front row seat to Daniel Hackett, so you can also enjoy my revelry of like, wow, this is happening again. I mean, like, okay, I guess. I, I mean, I, I kind of hope they get Rogers, so I can just kind of pour cold water on the hype all off season, because I, I, I don't, be I, I don't know, like. Maybe I'm just scarred from Nathaniel Hackett as I have a right to be. But like he like he he they literally like he abandoned play calling duties like six games into the season. Like this guy's not some great offensive mind. Like what what like what are we doing here? Uh Clint Kubiak was EOC for most of the year. It's like, come on now. Uh, that that was very, very interesting. At least you'll have a chance to coach the better Wilson. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, what a heartbreaker that would be for me just personally if the Jets get Aaron Rodgers and they're like a true contender next year. Uh, and all that had to happen was they traded for the wrong quarterback, um, which I, you know is a very real possibility. I, for the longest time, wanted Aaron Rodgers. I, you know... Wilson was kind of a second prize and oh, ended up being right on that. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. AFC championship game. This one's tough for me to pick because let's just assume Mahomes is hampered. Let's just assume that a high ankle sprain, despite him practicing, is going to affect the way uh, Patrick Mahomes plays. At that point, these quarterbacks are equal. They are they are the same quarterback uh, because I believe Patrick Mahomes minus maneuverability is basically just 
Joe and ability to make throws outside the pocket is basically Joe Burrow. Um, they're very equal to me in the skill level they have, especially if Mahomes is injured. He can't do the superhuman stuff that makes him special that he was doing on the first two drives of that Jags game. I I I have a tough time picking this one. I I I think I have a way I'll lean, but like Chiefs defense is fine, but has weaknesses. Like Bengals defensive front is very good, but has Eli Apple could be a little bit of a problem. It's just just a lot going on, you know? Just just a lot going on in this one. Bradford, how are you feeling about Patrick Mahomes going into this game? Obviously, he could be he could be sort of limited this week. I worry with his injury that he may only be the best quarterback in the league this week. Uh, I think <laughs> I'm kidding, but I will say the last time that we had a scenario like this, he put on an absolute clinic in the AFC Championship against the Bills, and it's a similar thing where almost his injury made him play better. Right. Because that was before he kind of matured as a quarterback and was a lot more prone to kind of making like panic bail out of the pocket and just we'll make something happen. And he got away with it most of the time. But this year he's already been uh, obviously the improvisational magic is what puts it over the top. But he has been very solid and consistent as just being like a, a pure pocket passer at times. And I don't know. I, I saw a video of him today in practice just skipping around the field like. It kind of looks like he's gonna be okay. Like I don't, know, I don't know how much of that to show or what, but for me, will he be healthy at, enough for the patty cake offense? Yeah, we're we're looking at uh, a difference, the difference in quarterbacks. But to me, I see the difference being the coaching. You know, like I, I, I Zach Taylor, I think has definitely grown into the role over time. He was a bad coach at many points, even this year, just idiotic decisions, but. I got to give that to Andy Reid, and I got to believe that the, the the insane fluke scenarios that have in, occurred for the Chiefs in all of these matchups that they keep losing, where they always have a lead going into the end and some crazy turnover or something happens, I got to think Andy Reid will have something cooked up that this doesn't happen a fourth time. And if it does, trust me, trust me, I'll be out here crying Mahomes was injured. Like, you don't even have to worry about that. But uh, I don't know. I I feel like I'm I'm at a zen place with the season. When that injury happened in the divisional round, I mourned the season immediately because at first I thought it might be something with his knee. And I was like, well, it was a fun year, boys. That was it. And now everything past that is house money for me. It's much like in order to live a good life, you must accept your own death because what does anything mean if, if nothing ever ends? You know, that's what makes something beautiful is the knowledge of an ending because it know, makes you know that you need to appreciate it while it's still there. Infinity isn't beautiful. You need an end point so that it means something and the time it's there is precious to you. And that was me with this season. I felt like, oh, that might be it. That's that's probably it. There's no way we're going to win with Chad Henney. And then Chad Henney scores a touchdown and Mahomes plays pretty fine. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I don't know. I, I, I feel like seeing how cocky the Bengals have gotten honestly is me feeling a little better about it and how everybody's kind of picking to the Bengals this time. Like, you kind of got the underdog mentality switch on it. Maybe that's the key here in this matchup. Interesting. Play devil's advocate for uh, the Bengals here, Mason. You're you're muted, Mason. 
you're muted or your your audio's gone or yep no that was it yep um or so excellent like podcasting today killing it uh <laughs> i mean joe joe burrow just seems to have some magic about him uh that the chiefs just don't seem to be able to contain for some reason it's actually why if you want uh back up with the Bengals, it, it's kind of where my headline prediction that i've seen comes from it's going to be in the kansas city star oh. and it's going to say if it weren't for those meddling bangles because <laughs> let me tell you jamar chase is uncontainable it will run all over them while joe burrow just keeps stacking up impressive victory after impressive victory i know that offensive line is absolutely ragtag but honestly the bills pass rush while they look totally unenergetic last week and so it's hard to really give them any credit for anything that happened over the course of the season even without von miller have been actually pretty decent and the fact that a ragtag offensive line held them up i don't know that i have a ton of hope for kansas city to make a whole lot of hay on that either so i think with joe burrow at the helm with jamar chase still being such a toolsy guy that he is and just yeah, he, the, the stuff he does is incredible sometimes on his routes. And T. Higgins just still making play after play. I think the Chiefs are going to have a hard time. Yeah, but Mason, here's a headline for you. Try this out. Okay. All right, I want to hear Kansas it. Kansas City star. Four okay. times <laughs> That's a good mad line. <laughs> can, we, can we just have... Because you guys know I like legacy conversations. Mason, let's just you and me have a conversation. Let's pretend Bradford isn't here. Like I like that. Like, let's let's just pretend that Joe Burrow wins this game. Then let's pretend that Joe Burrow wins his next game and wins the Super Bowl. You probably have to start talking about Joe Burrow the same way Bradford talks about Patrick Mahomes. Because at that point, Joe Burrow by the way, is currently, this stat blew my mind last week, the best completion percentage in NFL history belongs to Joe Burrow. And he's putting up passing yards, maybe not to the point of Patrick Mahomes, but he's certainly putting up MVP-type numbers every year. Mahomes has him in those regards because he's older and has more years in the league. But if you look at it, and you say, okay, look at Patrick Mahomes' first kind of two or three seasons in the league. Within his first three seasons in the league, he has a Super Bowl and he's gone to two. Well, if Joe Burrow won the Super Bowl this year, he would have been to two Super Bowls and won one and lost one within his first three years. The same with Patrick Mahomes. I just don't think it's crazy to say that if Joe Burrow slays the Mahomes dragon a fourth time, and goes into the Super Bowl and wins it, we can say, oh, there is debate about who the number one overall quarterback in the NFL is. It might not just be so cut and dry, oh, it's Mahomes and no one else. Do you think that's fair? I feel like that's just absolutely fair to have that conversation. I mean, I I think even at this point, without the Super Bowl, I mean, the Super Bowl, I think, solidifies. I think there's no way without that. If that Super Bowl happens and he wins it, he's automatically in that conversation now like, for best quarterback in the league. He's definitely like someone you can go. Let, let's just be honest. Joe Burrow winning a Super Bowl is absolute worst case scenario for Bradford Sonnenberg. 
Just absolute worst case scenario. I'm I'm not that petty. It's not it's not like <laughs> you are though, because you're shaking your head. You're so shaking your head at the prospect of saying a guy that in his first three years in the season could potentially win a Super Bowl and have been it's to like, two in his three years is better than Patrick Mahomes, which is a totally fair argument. argument and your you're saying it falls apart when you realize that Joe Burrow is just a year younger than Patrick Mahomes. But is, Patrick Mahomes has more time in the league. Yeah, and Patrick Mahomes is better. Literally at the same age, he was better. He's winning MVPs. Like, yes, it does, does, does a lot for Joe Burrow's legacy, and obviously. But, like, I don't know. Are we – quarterback wins and losses on a legacy board when one player is so much obviously better than the other. It's dumb. It's like – it's like giving Brady credit but for the other than his mobility. Other than his mobility, they are not that different. Just admit that. Yes, if Patrick Mahomes was not as good as Patrick Mahomes, he would be as good as Joe Burrow. That is a great point. <laughs> Thank you very much for your contributions to this. I mean, listen, it, it helps the legacy a lot to each rivals, but there's no way that anybody who is looking at the mirror and being honest with themselves and knows football would want to start a franchise with Joe Burrow instead of Patrick Mahomes. It's just simple as that. I'm sorry. Like, listen, the legacy still is then if you're going, if you're going to go off rings, which is such a dumb way to do it. If that's how, if that's how we're doing That's it, literally it, how across all American, awesome. North American sports, well, North athletes American sports are judged. Sports is stupid. Brother, we play these games to win championships. Yes, there is no other goal. So okay. But it's like, you look at, you look at, Okay, you look at Josh Allen's performance in the playoffs last year. He got an L on his playoff resume for that. Like, are you kidding me? And then we're, we're comparing that equal in terms of his legacy as his loss this year, where he didn't play well at all. Like, it, it's it's such an arbitrary, like, like way to measure these things. And when Mahomes has years and years of better seasons than Burrow has ever had at the same and younger ages, I just feel like, I don't know. To me, yes, it, it, it brings it closer, but... I, I hate this rings debate. Like, you can't tell me that in his prime, like, if you put Manning on those Patriots teams, how many rings does he have? You know what I'm saying? It's just a, it's a dumb debate. Like, I don't I don't buy into this rings discourse. And Probably not as many because Peyton Manning famously was terrible in the playoffs. Okay, but Brady had so many awful playoff games that he won. It's ridiculous. No, it's he, he ridiculous. was always at his best. You're misremembering all of Tom Brady's career. But that, but I mean, that's that's your right to do so. Well, that was a fun conversation. So, I just so I, I, without without any other information, this is how I see it. Patrick McCombs is number one in arm talent and improvisation. Josh Allen is number one in arm strength, and Joe Burrow's number one in swag and fucking awesomeness. So, you know, you take your pick on where you want to start your franchise with. I think all are very valid start points. That's not fun. Though. A lot of talent. That's around. not a fun, clicky sports debate. Which is no, what I'm not, looking, and for. it's why I'm an oddly reasonable human being most of the time. <laughs> I don't tend to buy into the hyperbole so hard. I did like I did like guy. that Bradford got upset. I do like it when I get Bradford upset. I know what buttons to push. Um, all right, let's do it. That's let's a great just, point, Mark. Let's let's do let's do picks. Let's just do picks. I think we know where Bradford's going, so let's just start there. Yeah, Bradford, why don't you start? Bengals, what? I I mean, I think at this particular junction, the Bengals are a better team. 
okay? But there's something else that I think, okay? I think fuck the Bengals. Let's go Chiefs, bro. Come on now. Come on now. Give me the Chiefs. Give me the Chiefs in a game where, with it all on the line, Joe Burrow throws a legacy-altering pick that wasn't even his fault. But people doing sports discourse are going to say it was. The tip pass. Picks the ball up, and the Chiefs pull away with what I'm going to say is a 38-31 to 31 win. Chiefs don't ever make it more than one score, so that's what we'll go with. Feeling good about it. All right. Well, and I guess we already know where I'm going as well with this. Uh, I think it will also be a close game. Uh, I don't think it will necessarily be as high scoring, but I think it's still going to be an absolute classic where we see some absolutely amazing drives and some really good play, and I think it ends at 24-21 Bengals. I can see it. Rules. Again, comes Long drives, down to, man, they kill. Comes down to rules. Pick the better quarterback. Well, I believe healthy Joe Burrow is better than injured Patrick Mahomes. But there are rules inside of rules. Like, never pick against Tom Brady. Uh, that's a great rule. Usually doesn't Did he get traded to the Chiefs. Usually doesn't put you in a bad spot. But about a year and a half ago, I just adopted another rule. And that's just never pick against Patrick Mahomes. How many rules do you have? Oh my god. Never pick against Patrick Mahomes. Rule number one is never talk about how many rules there are. Yeah, so that's how many rules. That's that's a fool's errand. I want Joe Burrow to win. I want the Bengals to win. It'll be fun if they win. But I have a Chiefs future for a reason. Because this is just the year. I mean, it's just the way it is. And injury or or not, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in in the league. And hard to pick against him. Got to go Chiefs 31, Bengals 30. So we'll we'll see. We'll we'll see how it all plays out. Boys, thank you so much for joining me. We'll get out of here relatively quickly tonight. I've got other stuff to do. Uh look for uh uh, an article, footballbreakdowns.com, new site, little site I'm writing for. Go ahead and check that out. Uh should have that up sometime tomorrow, maybe late tonight, if I ever get done writing about the Eagles and the Niners, which uh I wanted to do this first, so I got a better feel of how I was feeling. Uh, We'll make it easy for you, the podcast listener. Uh, By Monday morning, there will be another podcast out. We will convene after these games on Sunday. Do uh, brief takeaways from both. Should be about 45 minutes to an hour long. And I will send you two on your merry way to get some rest before what promises to be a big Super Bowl week three shows three big shows lots to talk about thank you both so much for coming on this podcast it has been fun we will see you all Sunday night until then